Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hotline Monday. It's Monday. Uh, what the frick day is it? 19th of June, 2017. It's a Monday, and I'm here with the Justin. Hello, Justin. <laughs> it's a Monday. <laughs> hey, talk about that weird acid trip fever dream of a Mario game they're releasing. Yeah, dude, that thing. I, I watched everything I could on that. I'm really pretty stoked about it, but uh, it's weird. Like, it's... They've always done that, though. Like, when they put out a mainline flagship big Mario release, not the little stuff they do in between various Mario yeah. games. And they're all good in, in their own way. But when Galaxy came out or when N64's uh, Mario 64 came out, it was a huge deal. And this is another one of those where it has the potential to completely just change the direction of the of the series forever. And it's weird. Freaking weird. Hats and shit. Well, like possession and like, you know, there's like a lot of like philosophical questions and like that, you know, there's humans that live in this world that Mario's in and Mm -hmm. Bowser's like marrying Princess Peach, which like just brings up a lot of like hashtag problematic questions (laughs) to the Marvel or to the to the Mario universe that I don't know people were normally excited to, to ask, but. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm pumped for it, but that's not what we're talking no, about. No, no, not today, walk. but it's good. Yeah. I will say this though. The fact that he's walking around a city, like a realistic city with realistic people is a, almost a revelation because not only does it seem really discordant and weird, but it now moves him from, we thought he was a caricaturized human based on Italian stereotypes to he yeah. is a weird, big headed, freaky looking weirdo. That would a not, troll. yeah, a troll in our world. Like it's weird. Anyway, can't wait. Or though. just a regular Italian man, and, <laughs> and and this is just like grossly weird, like just old vintage racism, like where uh, Italians were were uh, you know discriminated against. Yeah, that'd be great. Everyone's Irish in the world. He's Italian. Exactly. Well, no, 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 no. They'd be Nordic. Oh, right, uh, right. Irish got it too. Yeah, Irish, Irish got Irish and Italians were the ones that uh, they really, they really got it pretty hard. And it was only the patrician uh, uh, element of of Europe. We're getting into a very weird area. <laughs> uh, what we want to talk about is what the best movie of the summer is. <laughs> All right, so here we are. What are we? June nineteenth. That means that what half the big summer movies are out. Would you say is that fair? I mean, I would say the vast majority of them. In fact, the only big tentpole uh, movies that have yet to come out are Spider-Man Homecoming, Transformers, Despicable Me 3. And then you got a couple dark horses that would probably be in play for this. So Dunkirk, possibly War for the Planet of the Apes, uh, and and Dark Tower maybe. Like those are your... Hmm. uh, back half, but I don't think anyone's going to say that the new Transformers would be the best movie. As as delightful with the kitties as Despicable Me 3 is, I don't think that that one would really rank up there. Although, by the way, uh, kudos to the person in the room for the marketing of Despicable Me 3 that fought against just calling it Despicable 3. Because <laughs> you know that that had to be an argument. Right? Oh, I guarantee it. Like 2 o'clock in the morning fighting over a pizza tell, saying, no, look, I swear to you, three just call it three it's like despicable three yeah it's like fast and the furious or fate uh, fate of the furious was just fate with an aid in it like come on you guys missed an opportunity there uh by the way so here's what we have yeah 
here are the movies that have come out that I would say are in my uh, in in the in the the the, the realm, right? Okay. All right. That turned out, I think, better or uh, equal to people's expectations. Fate of the Furious. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Sure. Uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. And Cars Three, which oddly is the best reviewed of all the Cars movies. Yeah, it's actually really doing well. I've heard from some adult people who do not like Cars movies who take their kids anyway because their kids love them, and they came out going that was a good movie. Like, well, because it's like the most adult of the of of the Cars movies, like. It's a movie about aging and like you know putting yourself to to the test one more time, which is not exactly the kind of resonant themes that eight year olds have, right? <laughs> it's not like, oh man, I'm not the man I was when I was seven. Yeah. Like these are questions that you have uh, older in life. They they had the Eagles as part of their their promotional strategy during the NBA Finals with like take it to the limit. I don't know if that's a part of the movie. <laughs> But uh, but certainly, oddly enough, whereas the first Cars was basically Doc Hollywood, but it's really just, you know, it was their way of getting into uh, that realm of marketing and everything. Mm -hmm. And it became one of their biggest uh, toy lines ever. Yeah. The second one was just garbage directed Disney video nonsense with all the requisite, you know, poop and pee and vomit <laughs> jokes everything that you normally don't see in a Pixar movie. I have not seen Cars 3 yet, but apparently it's it's just this more mature meditation on age and ability. Yeah, it's like them taking it back a little bit, which is super interesting. It's the only think about it, it's the only series Pixar in conjunction with Disney put out where the first one was okay, fine, whatever. In, in in the way that some some of those are just good and they're good movies and they they stand up on their own or whatever. I like Cars one. I was a fan. Two, universally not liked unless you're eight. People don't like yeah. those movies, and it's the one bruise on the otherwise pristine, you know, curvy face of of Pixar. And maybe they just wanted so bad to get that taste out of your mouth that they had so, to make something good. Uh, I do have to take that back. Uh, Cars three is not the best rated. Uh, that would go to Cars 1, according to Rotten Tomatoes, a 74% tomatometer rating. Uh, meanwhile, Cars 2, a lowly 39%, certainly not getting her done. <laughs> As one of its protagonists might say. Indeed. Yeah. So, all right. I want to know where you stand on uh, Alien Covenant, certainly counted as one of the big summer movies. Uh, so, what. What what is on your list? Like, what is on your your short list of who has the belt, as it were, uh, and and uh, as as a movie of the summer thus far? Okay, so thus far, despite the fact you mentioned Dunkirk, uh, it's still coming. Um, the new Transformers, and probably I'd hate that anyway. Baby Baby Driver, the the uh, uh, Edgar Wright film, which oh, is in right. Right. Pre-release. Uh, yeah, that's getting a pretty sizable marketing push. War for the Planet of the Apes has has is looms heavy on my thing, and 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 okay. early. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get to what you think might dethrone. Yeah, that's but, a whole but, separate thing. But right yeah. now, I'm holding up to the light. Um, Wonder Woman as my favorite thing I've seen in theaters this year. 
And I say that with two things in mind. One, big ups to Wonder Woman for being awesome, for breaking the DC trend, for um, all the things it accomplished. It's great. I love it. It's the soundtrack that I listen to the most uh, uh, when I'm not, when I'm just chilling or whatever. I love that music soundtrack. It's really, really good. Um, All of that being said, I'm a little disappointed, not in it for being good, but in other things that I looked at as being my big summer releases. So that's the one I'm most most happy with and it makes me slightly sad that that's the only one that really met my expectations the only other one close to that is maybe guardians 2 but it had its own problems so uh out you know in a world where i can't see spider-man homecoming yet and i don't know if uh war of the planet of the apes is as good as all the pre-screenings are saying yeah uh i i have to give it to wonder woman and it makes me bummed out and everybody else who didn't perform so let's talk about some of the movies that disappointed that we probably would have put on this if we were ranking uh, before the summer. Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. That was definitely a disappointment. Shoulda, coulda, right? woulda. Yeah, that one should have been up there. Um, big, big mi- missed opportunity. Although, again, I didn't see it partly because everyone said it was poo. I'll see it now sometime on Blu-ray or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it was no rush to, to get out. And maybe I'll see it and go, oh, this is so much better outside the bright light of, of expectation and controversy. So may, so I don't want to pass judgment having not seen it, but it sure disappointed in theaters. Critically, people hated it, seemed like. So, yeah, that's one of those that we should have. That should have been like The Matrix 1 or, you know, uh, John Wick. It should have been that movie that people went, oh, you see that yet? That's the coolest thing I've seen this year. Maybe John Wick 2 is from that era yeah they came out around the same time didn't they uh maybe so i'm giving it to john wick too for the best pre pre-summer movie that i saw i love so here's the other the other uh, uh question here is something like the circle you know that had a, a a tremendous cast two of the the biggest ascendant young stars in the industry with emma watson and john boyega and yet that one just took the poop of all poops at the box office, twenty million dollars out the door. Yeah, but doofa. <laughs> yeah, that thing did real bad. Uh, I don't know what I expected with that. I guess I expected more than what it did. But well, I mean, look at look at uh, Beauty and the Beast, which came out around the same time. Emma Watson. Obviously, this is far more of a a property that is in mm-hmm. uh, wheelhouse of Emma Watson fans in a way that you know dystopian near future uh, uh, social media uh, conspiracy play is not probably right. Uh, but, but that's something that that was fairly well liked. With, yeah. With critics. critics, fans alike seem to like that just fine. Uh, I don't know what's next for her. I don't know that. Uh, I mean, her, what, I, I still haven't seen beating the beast either. My kids all saw it like three times and I haven't seen it once, but did she Don, did she just talk like her normal British accent or did she, play american in that do you know well it's a french story isn't it oh did she play french because in the movie the girl no they're all they're all anglicized right yeah because in the movie in the movie i guess it is french in the movie or in the original animated film bell just talks like me and you you know exactly well yeah not like 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 gaston's from gainesville georgia you know Yeah, so maybe hey, y'all say, "Hey, where's that beast, man? I'll punch that beast right in his right in his mush, man." I'll tell you what, <laughs> right in his mush. Yeah, so well, I, you know, I'll tell you what, I'm 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 gonna go, I'm gonna get the beast right now. I'll tell you that. My pro- my point is that I don't know that I don't know that it helps Emma Watson to hear her try to affect a different accent. Not that she's not good at it. 
I hear in the circle. I, I think the bigger the bigger issue uh, with Beauty and the Beast, uh, <laughs> based on my reading of the, uh, I did not see it, is uh, not necessarily her speaking, mm. but her singing, as it is a musical, and she was singing her own parts, which I don't know why that trend continues. Yeah. I don't know. Just get the Broadway singers. Get the Broadway singers to sing the songs. She opens her mouth. She lip syncs to it. It's movie magic. There's not really a bell and a beast. <laughs> These are special effects. Why do they have to stop with the singing? Do you, you think, because that used to be the norm, but what do you think, when did it change? Was it, uh, um, what's that thing, the Baz Luhrmann movie? Uh, that one with uh, uh, Nicole Kidman. Moulin Rouge? Yeah, it was Moulin Rouge the dividing point because everybody's singing their own parts in that. And people are like, oh, look at Ewan McGregor over there. He used to die for drugs and toilets. And now look at him singing and, she's real good too and blah, blah, blah. it seemed like everybody sang their own parts and then I feel like from then on I never saw a musical where people sang or where people had stand-in singers unless it was animated and that still happens all the time yeah uh so I don't know what the problem is why not I'm with you just have uh, a pro do it and let her act the way she's you know that's what she's good at yeah it's not a problem I think, you know part of it is also uh you know I'm sure that the actor wants to do it yeah. Because now they're part of those royalties, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, like now they get to make money on them selling the soundtrack and everything. Uh, but I agree with you. And the funny thing about Moulin Rouge is that's a movie where, A, they're pop songs. So you're not necessarily, unless you're going to do a version of uh, I Will Always Love You, you're not really putting a tremendous vocal strain for Ewan McGregor to sing Nirvana. Right. You know? <laughs> like, And also, it was supposed to be about a show. So there's choruses and a lot of people blending their voices together. Yeah. So it's not just, you know, a, you know, you're not singing the, the, the big, uh, bring it on home song from dream girls. Right. <laughs> like, you know, you're, 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 you're just doing stuff that can be hit a little bit easier. Yeah. I, there's probably an authenticity thing going on, but let's see what, uh, regular listener and caller. I am sci-fi says, are you there? All right. You hear right. me? You hear me now? You hear me now? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Or do you hear yourself? No, I hear myself. No, I hear myself. But it's, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. So I'll let you go I'll and then we'll go. get rid of you. Get rid of you. <laughs> I have thoughts and I have opinions. Uh, I, I think, uh, so far the, definitely the best summer movie that I've seen is, uh, is Wonder Woman, uh, shortly behind Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Just cause I wasn't expecting Wonder Woman to be good because I've seen the other DC movies and they were all disappointing. So when you, when you, when you went into, uh, you went in to see the other one, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, what's the, what's the difference there? You had higher expectations where they lowered or did they meet them? They met the expectations. Uh, Wonder Woman exceeded them. Definitely. I think that's the main difference there. Uh, and, and just cause you mentioned it too, by the way, uh, my, my pre summer, uh, best movie is easily get out. Oh, just, so so let me, that, let, me, let me it was so good yeah well let me ask you this so does it bum you out that your two summer movies that worked so far maybe it just happens to be that they're comic book movies does it bug you at all that that's kind of every summer now for us for us uh, a little bit i mean i'm a comic nerd and i would like to see you know things that aren't just that succeed at 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 you know, what I was hoping for them to do. I mean, Fa Fast and the Furious was, uh, was fine. It's just, it was another Fast and the Furious. It didn't give me like any, any thrills or like joy or anything. I feel like it's, it's free summer now that gives me the, the surprises now. It's mm, like, you know, yeah. I, I know what I'm going to get in the summer and it's going to be, you know, at least one to two 
good uh, comic book movies, and then I stay home and I watch Netflix. J- Justin, yeah, you, Justin. where is your head at on like we're now stuck in genre hell every summer, and that's just how it's going to be? And is that okay? But when have we not? Like you know, I guess my 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 question to that is like, well. It was always some version of the big popcorn movie since I was born. Yeah. You know, I was born the year that Return of the Jedi came out. So it's like, you know, we, we've always been in, in big spectacle land. Now it just happens to be that, like, uh, uh, we have a, a an extended run of all the comic book stuff. But even then, like, you know, two years ago, you had uh, Mad Max Fury Road. There, there's There's been other big spectacles uh, stuff. But right now it's just. We're in an era, a very good era for comic book movies in general. Mm. You know, uh, obviously you have your your Marthas of the world that are that are gonna get into the sauce, but uh, I I certainly don't have a problem with it. Although I do want to go and and excavate a little bit of of I am Sci-Fi's uh, I think mean, very dead on idea that maybe the most exciting area time for movies used to be the crappiest, which is that that January February March dumping ground post Oscars mm-hmm. when uh, everybody it used to just be uh, every crap movie would just be sent there to die. And now it's become this little uh, 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 nurtured area where movies that take some risks or lower budget movies can come out and really shine. Yeah. Plus, uh, I mean, your Oscar bait usually or the, as tradition goes, and I think it's still mostly true today, but usually that stuff is somewhere between September and December and they cram it all into the end of the year. But what's nice lately, at least it feels like this, something that came out January, February and everyone loved at the time and then kind of forgot about ends up showing up on an Oscar list at the end of the year anyway, because they make a mark. And maybe that's partly why people are cool putting their, their artsy fartsy early in the year. Maybe the whole thing's evolving. I don't know, but I like that too. I like that a lot because it used to be the, just the worst place. And if you said to me, it was like Friday nights on TV. Like, yeah. if you said, oh, uh, hey, they're moving Knight Rider to Friday night, you just go, well, shit, goodbye, Knight Rider, because that's, you know, that's the last nail in that coffin. And nowadays, it's not really like that so much. Actually, on TV, I don't know what the Death Knight is anymore, if there even is one. But, but um, yeah, maybe movies are changing that way. Different times of year, they just save. I mean, I guess my, my point about genre hell isn't so much that the genres are a problem or that popcorn movies are a problem. They're not a problem at all. I love them. But, it seems like it's always down to a handful of Marvel movies and that's it. Like it's all Disney well, but stuff. That, that's also, that's also the show we're doing and the crowd we're talking to, right? Like, yeah. you know, we, we are, we are the target demo for that. And so those will come up more. And I'm sure if we had a broader conversation with film critics, the capital F italicized film critics, mm-hmm. uh, that they would probably have different answers than wonder woman or guardians of the galaxy, which is, probably going to be the one and one a of a lot of people that are going to call into a show like this. One last thing about get out, which I love. Did you see get out? I have not yet, but I've got the, uh, we now have a blu-ray copy and my intent is to watch it this weekend. If I get some time, uh, exceptional film. And I'm in before the only people who get Oscar nominations are Allison Williams and Catherine Keener and the entire world folds in on itself in racial animus. Wow. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, get I'm out. Just, that's just me rooting. I'm, I, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that it's probably <laughs> going to get a nomination for Jordan Peele for Best Director and, and for Screenplay. Uh, but 
I mean, can you imagine how angry the world would be if only the white people got nominated? Oh, be, it'd be ridiculous. Like, the whole world would fall apart. But there's no way they forget that movie at the end of the year. That thing's coming up. Like, there's no, like, like that's your perfect example. That's a movie that came out of nowhere, sort of, uh, blew everybody's mind, got everybody talking, um, did all yeah. the things that it was supposed to do, hit all the right buttons, caused just the right amount of controversy. Like, all of those things happened like at the what used to be graveyard time for movie releases. And that's yeah, a, that's and a big talk deal. about genre. That is a horror film, if not a sci-fi horror film, which yeah. is very interesting. Yeah, I want. I still need to see it, so I'm going to watch it. I'll watch it this weekend yeah. if I can squeeze it in somehow. I've got a lot going on with, uh, with Nerdtacular coming up in a week and a half. Good lord! But uh, well, just remember, the longer you go without watching it, the more racist you are. <laughs> oh well, then I better get on it. All right, so yeah. uh, the other movie that really disappointed me and should be in my top list is a little closer to release to what the period we're talking about, and that is Alien Covenant. Uh, I thought that thing sh- could have been uh, an enormous moment in the series, could have really revitalized it, and the fact that you had your original director at helm there, you had a pretty incredible cast, in my opinion. Um, all the money and budget and reasons in the world to make this really awesome ended up being fair and middling but really not much more than that for me i liked it better than the the last thing they did but it just it had a chance you put the alien name back in there you're taking it to a new place and one of the coolest series in the world again i felt like got just stalled like it's just not not what i wanted so that for me well, is it certainly my big... didn't seem to capture the uh, imagination of the world in the way that a pre-packaged uh you know a franchise like Aliens should. Mm. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at Alien Covenant. Uh, Seventy-two million dollars. That is that's poo poo. You know, when, when an Alien movie directed by Ridley Scott can't get over a hundred million dollars in the dead <laughs> of summer, where there's not a lot to compete with, like in in uh, in in the big picture, like that's that's not good. How does that compare to Prometheus dollars? I'm curious. Do you have that handy? Yeah, let's go ahead and take a look here. All right. I'm looking at the, let's see, 2017. $126 million at the end of it. So there's a high likelihood that Alien Covenant will do less than Prometheus. Wow. See, that's, but see, part of that could be a little cause and effect because Prometheus was the moment where everyone did think they were getting the Ridley Scott alien back. And what they got was not that. Uh, and so maybe, you know, burn me once shame on you or however that phrase goes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that happened. And people are a little bit more skeptical around the time an alien movie comes out, or maybe just, this is just a thought Fox studios, but just maybe your stupid alien versus predator movies, which were utter trash. I mean, they were fun in their own dumb way, but they were kind of crap. Uh, maybe you tarnish the name. Maybe the alien name doesn't bring be- people back the way it used to, at least those who aren't paying you know, huge attention to who's directing or writing or any of that. People are just like, oh, an alien movie. Yeah, right. Like those last two terrible ones you made me watch? I'm not going to that. Like That's probably well, what happened. Alien vs. Predator made $80 million, and Alien vs. Predator Requiem made $41 million. So so this Alien Covenant uh, uh, will probably make more than Alien vs. Predator, but uh, not by much. No. Another big disappointment would be, I think, and again, you might say, well, what did we expect? But I think this was a chance for Pirates of the Caribbean to get its uh, to get its groove back on, and it didn't do it. 
It just was <sighs> the same problem, the same crap the last other sequels had, and capturing that first movie's magic has proven to be elusive. It brings I mean, me out. You know, they had a they had a hell of a trilogy, and <laughs> you know, uh, eventually, a an amazing supporting character mm-hmm. it. Uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, uh, you know, uh, it would be as if Seinfeld kept going on, but Jerry appeared less and less, and then George <laughs> appeared less and less, and yeah. Elaine appeared less and less, and eventually it was just Kramer, and he'd be like, "All right, like I don't know exactly how much I need to see Kramer." <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this is what you're describing is how shows get canceled. Like, you know, with the minute you take Bo and Luke off and put Coy and Vance in their place. Dukes of Hazard doesn't quite. It's not the same. It's it's shitty. Yeah. I don't care if they're their cousins. Nobody's buying that. Like we've learned these hard lessons. So, to me, it's either this was either a moment where, oh, all right, they're back on track. They made just a great adventure movie, a great pirate movie, or sure, it slipped into the same tropey material that they've been doing for the last three sequels. And I think that's again, what you know, I, I can see if you're Disney, you're like, wait a minute, no, this is what we do. We tell genre movies with. Uh, supernatural elements. Uh, they're pirates, and there's ghosts, and 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 sword play. Yeah. You know, the other problem with, with with the pirates franchise is that they were never really known to be like. If there's something you can say for Fast and the Furious, is that you kind of know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. And yes, it's junk food, but it's short. It's in, you're out. Somebody, you know, Tyrese is scared, and then Ludacris. You know, uh, shoots a Bugatti out of a cannon. And, like, you know, there's just crazy crap going on, but it's a fun time. The problem with the Pirates movies is those movies, same with the Transformers ones, just got longer and longer and longer. And it's like, I don't need a three hour Pirates movie. Mm-mm. Like, I, that thing needs to be an hour and a half, you know, and, and uh, you know, Captain Jack says a thing and he takes a swig of rum and he falls in the ocean and we're all done. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need this like long. Oh, here's the 40 minute. Five hundred million dollars to shoot uh, a scene where everybody's uh, digitally mapped onto some crazy thing like whatever. It's yep. just some sort of play. And then, you know, uh, Captain Barbosa fades into oblivion. So how do you so where's your head on uh the thing that could have been good, but isn't King Arthur. Do you think that, uh, I, I, my memory is when we talked about King Arthur before you were sort of like, yeah, you're not going to make a new King Arthur movie and make any money. It's like the oldest, most remade thing in the history of the world. There's no impetus for that right now. Who cares how popular game of Thrones is? People don't associate that with King Arthur. I'm putting words in your mouth, but King Arthur, uh, they, they, they are words that belong in my mouth. Cause <laughs> I, I, I believe all of them, uh, you know, it's just, there's there there are times where when you go with uh things that are in public domain yeah. it can be a blessing and a curse mm-hmm. and you know it, it's a blessing when you have something like oz the great and powerful right like that is something that's in the public domain there's been a million wizard of oz movies you have to stay away from certain elements of the ip because they're uh, in in league with uh, the the movie version that we the famous movie version. Yeah. But other than that, you can tell a credible thing and 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 kind of fill in this larger universe. Uh, with King Arthur, I think you'd almost rather just tell a medieval story. You know, like tell some 
uh, original, you know, and obviously it'll be informed by how popular Game of Thrones is. But if you want an adult fantasy uh, world, then just tell it, you know, and instead of trying to retcon. I mean, because, again, what does a franchise get you? You are just saying, like, are you like, like, oh, yes. Oh, my God. This is the moment where the lady in the lake hands him the sword. Yes. Yes. Lady in the lake. Yeah. Like, who's saying that? Nobody. Nobody's like, saying that. Yeah. You know, like English uh, lit majors. Like, like who even knows the ins and outs of the King Arthur tale? Yeah. It's I, I can kind of agree. Uh Woo! <laughs> yeah. Another unknown is Valerian and the City of Tomorrow, or Thousand right, Planets, okay. rather. Uh, uh, before we switch into what is coming up, yeah. let's go ahead and 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 lock it in. So you say Wonder Woman is it, it, that has the title? I'll give it. you the top three: Wonder Woman number one, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, yeah. Uh, third for me, I'm looking at my list. Let me make sure that I don't think of anything I'm missing. Uh, I'm going to say I saw so much good TV that I'm getting things with TV mixed up. All right. I'm going to say third, despite the fact. Oh, you know what? I didn't see the Blago Batman movie. I'll bet that'd be number three or it'd be right up there. So hard for me to call that one. So I'm going to say weirdly because I was just complaining about it, but I'm going to say Alien Covenant was third. But that's partly because some of the stuff I just haven't seen. Like, oh, my God, though. Jeez. So you are scraping, really? scraping the bottom of the barrel. I really am. It was the it was the epitome of mediocrity. But that's kind of my point this summer. I feel like there's been a lot of that. And I know there's some yeah. things I've missed, and I don't want to lump it all together. And certainly there's things like we're going to talk about that are still coming out. But of everything that I was compelled to go to a movie theater for, uh, Wonder Woman, Guardians, and then a distant third would be uh, Alien Covenant. Uh yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take that. I didn't see Covenant, but but I'll, I'll just flop the first two. I think Guardians, uh, in hindsight, is a better written and directed movie than than Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was excited to see Wonder Woman exceed expectations for me, but ultimately, I think if if the final tiebreakers are always uh, execution uh, divided by expectation, yeah, then. I think Guardians did more with more weight on it than uh, Wonder Woman did, but or, but not not in any way that that I want to be disparaging to Wonder Woman. What are you going to give? Uh, what are you going to give? Worst thing you saw this summer? Oh, we don't God. have to do a top three because it could just reverse my number. Because <laughs> I have, I mean, I you know, I avoided a lot of stuff at theaters this year, but I'm cu- real curious what you think. Like the worst freaking not, thing there's not really a lot that i've seen that i didn't like all that much because like much of america uh i've stopped going to the movies for everything yeah you know yeah. there's there, there's not just this every friday I, I go see a movie thing anymore because like you said i mean hell uh, uh i got fargo stacked up on my dvr i got doctor who stacked up on my dvr i got the american stacked up on my dvr i still haven't even watched american gods which we said we were gonna watch and break down on this show. I haven't gotten to that. Uh, I haven't got, you know, the Veep and Silicon Valley. And those are things just airing now, let alone Legion, which was amazing, right? Yeah, like, yeah. there's there's just uh, such a wealth. Television right now is just killing the game. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier. It's so much less expensive. Uh, so, you know, what what are you going to do, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's... To me, 
the worst thing that I've seen in the theater, you know, might be either Wonder Woman or Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, which are my <laughs> favorite two movies. Yeah, because I'm going to say the third, my number one thing that I liked the least was was also Alien Covenant. And so what that probably means is Scott saw three big movies in the in the theaters yeah. this year. And I don't know, you know, there's no way around it. I mean, I again, there's some I would like to see. I want to see Lego Batman. I hear it's every bit as good as, as the Lego movie, which is a delightful film. I want to see Cars 3. That just opened, though. Um, and I want to see that Tupac deal. What's that called? All Eyes on Me. Yeah, All Eyes on Me. By the way, Jada Pinkett, hot about that one. Oh, she is? Well, like, why? What happened there? What's her deal? Well, you know, she, she, she dated Mr. Shakur and is dramatized in the film, and she believes that there was quite creative license taken with their relationship and, and specifically how they broke up and why they broke up. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, she is, she's not pleased. She's not just trying to keep the Smith children unapprised of her dalliances while in the early nineties gangster rap movement. Well, I would suspect that if she wanted them to not know, she probably wouldn't be talking about it publicly, but, uh, yeah, I think that's that's out there, no matter what. Okay, fair enough. I uh, <laughs> I want to see it. I, I, I didn't know I didn't know you wrote you wrote for Pac like that. I like uh, Tupac. I think he's cool. Um, I also what are, what are your favorite Tupac songs? Uh, I really like that Mad Max one, where he yeah, sings California about California. Love. Yeah, California love, and it's got Dr. Dre all up in that. I like that. Uh, yeah. and I and I kind of like that other one he does. <laughs> whose name escapes me yeah i don't really have a lot of love for oh wait, wait can you hum a few bars i'll help you uh let's see uh gin and juice and the thing with the deal i don't i don't know what it is it's something it's some kind of song it's a rappy song they rap in it which is kind of like poetry but with uh words and it's not really singing it's more right. like talking yeah yeah yeah, I'm not. I, yeah, Dear Mama, Dear Mama is probably one of the uh, the, the 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 signature one, or or uh, uh, changes. Yeah, right? changes is good. I guess I don't remember that one. Um, I probably know more. <laughs> I know more NWA, and I know more. Brent, Brenda's got a baby. Do you remember Brenda's got a baby? <laughs> no, or, uh, no, I don't remember that. What about Thug Passion? Do you remember Thug Passion? Uh, no, I don't remember Thug Passion. Um, well, you know, Thug Passion's a drink. Do you, if I do you, if I was to say to you, uh, uh, Thug Passion is 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 your don't Google it, don't Google it. I I'm know not, you're trying I'm to. Not, Google I'm not, it. I promise. I'm just looking up Tupac's name. What is Thug Passion? I'm not really looking it up. Thug Passion is Alize and Hypnotic. Oh, what are those? Two? I don't know what those two things are. <laughs> we are we are crossing. We are sailing <laughs> very very turbulent cultural seas here, Scott. <laughs> Well, I'm clearly in no position to discuss them. However, I I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink I'm gonna drink a Thug Passion on stage at Nertech. Okay, fair Cheers. enough. I I like the idea of of Tupac's. I like his vibe and his style and his thing. So not being you know, a lot of rap is that right? It's your presence. It's it's what you convey. It's you getting up on a stage with a mic and people going, "Damn!" Right? I mean, that's what you do. And he <laughs> he gets me. In a way that a lot of other rappers don't. Like Biggie Smalls, I understand West Coast, East Coast thing and their rivalry and all that and the unfortunate sort of end to both of them. But but the his thing with bandanas and just the movement and the athleticism on stage and that kind of stuff, way more interesting to me than 
Biggie in a big black leather trench coat. You know. So you are you're you're staking out. You're you're West Side till you die. Um. Yeah, but I also really. I mean, there's there's. I like. <laughs> I also don't like East Coast rap because I don't think Flavor Flav should have ever been allowed to be on stage with that dumb clock around his neck. That's a whole different issue. We don't have to talk about it on this episode, but it drives me nuts. It's like yeah. having, what's it like? It's like, uh, <laughs> what was that? There's that old Simpsons episode where. Yeah. All right. Just remember, we're, we're, we're walking through a minefield, walking through a minefield. Well, you know what I mean? Like he's a character out of place. It didn't fit. It just never fit. <laughs> No, I mean, I think that that was that was part of the um, part of the attraction of Public Enemy was the fact that Chuck D is this very different character than Flava Flav. And yet of of the era of the early 90s, uh, it was in, in a I mean, in a place in time when rap was not mainstream. Yeah. You know, like rap rap was a specialty act much in the way that country is, you know. It was big in certain elements of the country, but it was not uh, everywhere. And, you know, a, a public enemy was was a kind of act that visually was interesting enough to get into the mainstream. Who's the guy that had the gold nose and talked real nasally? What was his name? He was old. Are you are you talking about uh, uh, Shock G of the digital underground? <laughs> I think that's him. Was I'm, it was it the Humpty dance? Yeah, the Humpty uh, Dumpty thing. Your chant. Do the hump. Yeah, that guy. What, whatever. What happened to those guys? How are they doing? Are they still? Actually, of course, Digital Underground, uh, out of my uh, my adopted hometown of Oakland, and uh, was uh, a launching off point for Tupac himself. Wow! Oh, wow! All right. So good on them. Well done, guys. Uh, <laughs> point is, I like I like biopics. I don't even care what it's about. I loved uh, Straight Outta Compton. Thought that was amazing yeah. movie. Loved every freaking second yeah. of that. And I like. Uh, I like the Johnny Cash one with uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and I like um, I can't think of any others right now. But I like these. I like musician biopics. I think they're yeah. great. So I want to see his. Plus, that guy looks freakishly like Tupac. That's looks a me. lot like Tupac. By the way, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and apologize. Uh, uh, Thug Passion is Alize and Champagne. Oh, all right. What was the other one you thought it was? Not hypnotic. Uh, uh, N O T I Q. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, that was a <laughs> that was uh, a, a a liqueur that was fruit juice, vodka, and cognac. Oh my gosh! All right, none of those Is, things. Apparently, yeah. any hoot. Yeah, um, any hoot. I like Snoop. I think I am West Coast. Those guys yeah, are cool. Oh, listen, you're uh, you're you know bad my boy killer, uh, <laughs> Scott Johnson. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. So, all right. Can we talk about Valerian real quick? Because I got... Let's talk, let's talk about Valerian. I got concerns. I, I think uh, we'll probably either be... I mean, it's garbage, right? It's just it's absolute <laughs> lunatic garbage. <laughs> I mean, it kind of... Okay, okay. Here's what I've learned. With few exceptions, when you go into a movie that is so special effects heavy, like, yeah. like everything is special effects. There's when they filmed this, it was green screens and they didn't know what they were looking at. Like it's just, there's no practicality to it at all. When you walk into a movie like that in our current time, you're in trouble. It just usually means yeah. that it's not going to have the same depth of feeling and the depth of character that you expect from an otherwise more thoughtful science fiction property. That being said, 
Guardians of the Galaxy has wall-to-wall effects. It was in 2014, and it is now with Volume 2 in this in this year. So, sure. But it works because they capture the character stuff they need. So there are exceptions to it. I'm worried about Valerian because it looks like it's all effects and a couple of pretty people. And I really don't want it to be just that. I need it to be more than that. And maybe it isn't for me, but... My fifth element love is strong. Even though I think those movies have problems too. Mostly Chris Tucker. Yeah. But anyway. I don't want to talk smack. Oh, you're not you're not down for Ruby Rod? I like Chris Tucker. I do not like the Ruby Rod character at all. I like Chris Tucker though. Friday's Chris Tucker? Great, no problem. Uh not pulp fiction. Uh Jackie well, Brown. Jackie Brown uh in the trunk getting shot. Uh, he's great. I love Chris Tucker. He's awesome. I and I even like those Jackie Chan things he's in. That's great. Do not like him. Have never liked him in Fifth Element. Ruby Rod's terrible. Objectively, so, uh, uh, Luke Basson <laughs> understood to be a, uh, a an, an exceptional director yeah. and produced really. Remember, Luke Basson, I think produced the the Taken films yeah. uh, and the Train Spotting films. Like yeah. the, these are uh, Lucy as well. He directed you Lucy. Know. Yeah. He is, uh, uh, you know, somebody that has his finger on the pulse of movie-going America more so than uh, he oftentimes gets credit for. Mm-hmm. However, he has also, when things go weird, they go weird. <laughs> and I, I, I can't help but look at Valerian and, <laughs> and think that it looks like one of those just absolutely bat poop insane uh you know uh, noble failures i guess i'm calling noble failure on valeria oh, like yeah. although by the way look at this cast on valeria yeah right so you got your pretty people yeah. clara delavane elizabeth Debicki, dean dehan right yeah but like let's do these supporting characters ethan hawk playing the role of jolly the pimp <laughs> <laughs> uh clive owen playing commander aaron flit rutger hauer apparently playing himself as he does not have a character yeah and rihanna as bubble yeah oh and john goodman's in it too should mention john goodman's voice is in it yeah rugger hauer rutger hauer rihanna's actually in the tra- in the trailer she seems to be some sort of shape-shifting color-shifting creature lady uh which yeah. seems it seems interesting but yeah no you're right there's a it's a crazy cast it has Huge potential uh, to bring back in anyone who loved Fifth Element because it feels very Fifth Element to me. Lots of it, but this, but this feels like such a a ham, more ham-handed version of it in in terms of the fact that you know just everything looks so green screened in, in a way that that Fifth Element, despite the fact that it was a fantastical world, never just felt like they were shooting it on a soundstage. This this feels almost prequely in its. Uh, you know, none of the none of the nothing really feels real. You know, it just feels like they're projecting stuff on a on a screen behind them. Yeah, I'm nervous, but I, I still I'm gonna believe until I go. This will be yeah. one I see in theaters. Like, there's no question. Uh, and then and then I'm either prepared to. It's got to be great or it's got to be garbage. There is no in, in the middle here. There's no average. Like they keep on the trailers. They say the from the director of Lucy. Lucy wasn't good, dude. Lucy was bad. Do you remember Lucy? Lucy? Made money. 
Lucy made money, and that's all they care about. If you went to Lucy and you liked it, then come on down. You think we that got made, more crazy crap for you? Did that make uh, money? Because what's her name's in it? Because that was all about a Scarlett Johansson get joint, or what? Because that was a bad movie, I thought. Well, then go tell that to Ghost in the Shell. If, if all you got to do is put Scarlett Johansson in a futuristic, uh, crazy action movie, then uh, then they would like their money back because they tried it and it didn't work. Uh, meanwhile, Cara Delevingne, yeah. who is the uh, co-star of this movie, people might remember from Suicide Squad. Mm. She was Enchantress, mm-hmm. the villain. Yeah, she was. She was that indeed. She's also. Uh... She's in something else. She's she's a she's a former uh, 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 runway model for uh, uh, Victoria's Secret. No, oh, is that it? Yeah, she's that. So she's very popular in that regard, and she hangs out with the likes of Justin Bieber and all of those people. Uh, so I she's know that. Uh, there's a bunch. You can just search her name, and you'll find all these pictures of her and Bieber and everybody. Elizabeth Debicki, though, we know her from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. She was the Gold Queen Lady. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's, she's, what, uh, that's what Ashley's doing for Dragon Con. No, no way. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I'll bet that'll look great. Uh, uh, Angel Nocturne in, in the chat says, I love Jupiter Ascending and Fifth Element is my all-time favorite. I will ride for Fifth Element, uh, and, and I will I will one-up Scott by saying that I indeed love Chris Tucker in that film. Uh, but come on, buddy. Yeah. Let's not get crazy about Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter yeah. Ascending is one of the worst films released in the last... Five years. It's pretty bad. Plus, that was not a unless he produced it. That was the Wachowskis, I think, who did that anyway. So it was. Yeah, yes. uh, we have someone in the, in the room, but I don't know if their mic's on. This is Skill Scat. Skill Scat, are you there? Hello. It's, uh, in the chat. How's hey, it going? Hey, good man. How are you? Uh, I think his call's busted. Ah, oh, poop. Yeah, he's toast. All right, well, he's not, that's not going to work. <laughs> Let's try this one. Uh, we have uh, Trousev, tr- something the dev, Toros the dev. Are you there? This worked really well this morning. I don't know why it's giving us such beef today. Trousseros the dev. Nope. All right, I'm putting you in the random then. All right, we didn't actually get a call there. Anyway, back to the point. So there's that one. Is there any others that jump out at you as these are, uh, you know, high expectations, hope it does well, uh, hurry up because summer's almost over. What's it going to be? What do you think? Uh, I'm hoping for Dunkirk to really, again, cement uh, Christopher Nolan as uh, a very rare kind of filmmaker who can tackle things that other people can't because he's got the kind of box office track record. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that he has as much as I liked interstellar I, I found it to be at times maybe a bit too ponderous to the point where uh, I don't think it took me on the Christopher Nolan ride in the way that I was used to I'm not saying it's a bad film I know that there's a lot of people that really love it there's a lot of people that have some problems with it uh, I enjoyed my time there but what I hope with Dunkirk is that we get you know Christopher Nolan's one of those guys who can always do both Here's a credible comic book movie that's also a great crime movie, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, Prestige, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Here's a great movie about ego and showbiz and sacrifice that also has this weird science fiction-y kind of twist to it. Uh, and what I hope with Dunkirk is we get 
kind of a, a war movie, the likes of which we haven't gotten in a while. You know, we, we normally get war movies in there and they're, they're not the, the saving, the saving private Ryan. They're more the, the like, uh, God damn it. We got to get over that wall. And like, you know, cigar chomping kind of, uh, uh, almost like exploitation, inglorious bastards, kind of, uh, kind of films. Whereas I think this is going to be one of those, you know, a, a little slower, a little bit more about what it feels like to face certain death, but also a ripping yarn in the, in the British tradition, which, yeah. uh, I, I hope for, yeah. uh, I hope that this, that's super good. And I really hope that Spider-Man homecoming is, is exceptional. I, w- I would very much like for a Spider-Man series to be a part of our lives. Uh, and I will say the biggest possible disappointment will be the dark tower, which, uh, I don't have skin in the game on. I know you and Brian, are kind of the the guinea pigs that I watch. I I, I study your faces as <laughs> as the trailers come out, and I'm not encouraged by what I see. Uh, you know, I mean, you're not wrong to feel there. I mean, I'm nervous too. I to to me to take my favorite book series of all time and expect that they're going to nail it is probably hope against hope. I, I I don't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be thinking that way about it. But I really want it to be good. I really want it to succeed. And I, and I need to get past it, whatever happens. I need to get to a place in my life where it's no longer a wish and a dream that they would make a Dark Tower movie, that they either tried and succeeded or failed, and I can then have the rest of my life not be about waiting for Dark Tower to be adapt, uh, adapted <laughs> to film. So that's fine with me. The, one way the, the, the news out today confirming that the Dark Tower movie is indeed a sequel to the books. Oh, yeah, it's like a well. If you've read the books all the way through seven, then you know why that's not only possible but probable. It's, yeah, and I don't want to give anything away when I say that. All right, I probably did just by saying it. So uh, there's that. Only other thing I would say: a little bit of news landed today. Wanted to get your feeling on it. Star yeah. Trek Star Trek Discovery has a date uh, coming out September 18th. Was it no 24th? 24th, a Sunday in September. We get the premiere on CBS of episode one of Star Trek Discovery. Does that do anything for you? Does it make you feel like, oh, all right, a release date. That means there's a show for real coming. Like, where are you at with it? I mean, it's a Brian Fuller joint, right? Was. Uh, Was. He dropped. He dumped out. Oh, he he is. He's not involved anymore? Yeah. So the deal with Fuller was he's he was uh all up in that and at the same time he was working on american gods something happened nobody has said what but he stepped down and left it to the two people he was working with to be showrunners on star trek while he went and did full-time american gods yeah uh having seen american gods a little bit i'm not 100 percent sure he made the right choice but there's still questions looming over star trek whether his departure was a bad thing or a good thing or what caused it so brian fuller not no longer tied to the Star Trek project. Does that now change your mind? Well, he is still listed as a creator, at least on IMDb. Um, uh, uh, Scott, I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something that that you probably have an audio board uh, proof of. Uh, uh, while I enjoy the Star Trek television shows, uh, I do not love them encyclopedically. I often get the names wrong when i am speaking extemporaneously like this one uh, mock and jillajad at tangara like that one yeah one of them so uh 
if this was yet another Star Trek television series that I watched a little bit of and then tuned out of because I thought it was kind of garbage, yeah. uh, then it would be like the majority of Star Trek television shows. Yeah, but I mean, you like the movies for the for the popcorny, uh, ham-handed fun they are, right? Like- no, I love Star Trek as a franchise. I think I think it's a great franchise. But again, the, 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 this gets into my core argument. Like, let's stop just pretending things that are in universes that we like are good because all we get for for blindly supporting crap writing is more crap writing that they just stamp our favorite logos on and shove down our throats. And, like, there's nothing wrong with things kind of going left and, and not being what they could be. And And for every Star Trek Voyager, you get a Battlestar Galactica because the writers were frustrated that they couldn't tell the story they wanted, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm all for it. I love Star Trek, uh, but I'm not going to be ride or die if this is just ponderous nonsense. I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not going to support it just because I'm afraid it'll get taken away. Right. I think that that's good to re- reiterate that once in a while on the show. That and I think it's a it's the right thing to do. I do have a file in here titled, and I don't know what this says. It says "Jury Favorite TNG Episode." It's separate from that Demak and Jellajad at Tangara. Okay, so I don't know what to expect here. But how I'm going to play it's five seconds. Maybe it's a longer version of this, but we'll see. You remember that Star Trek: The Next Generation episode, Demak and Jellajad at Tangara? All right, so it's just the extended version. Yeah, it's just the, it's just the remix. No, I mean, I, 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 I guess I have some really good clips of you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that's gonna do it, everybody. Thanks for joining us, uh, Justin. There's so much happening between now and a week and a half from now. Are you ready? Are you is your Kickstarter ready? Are you ready to do this? Like, what do you want people to be paying attention bef- between now and then? Uh, tell you what, if you're not already following Contender Game on Twitter, go ahead and follow Contender Game on Twitter. Go ahead and follow Facebook.com slash Contender Game. Uh, that is where you will get all the social media for action news. I will, uh, I will, I will tell you this. Uh, I'll tell you what, actually, here, Scott, if you can fill a little bit, maybe we can end. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can always fill. Are you going to bring up part of your video that I have not seen? No, I'm going I'm I'm to text you. Okay. I like I'm texting. Text you something so you can you can get a uh, a sense of of how everything's gonna look. All right, I'm stoked about this. So one of my favorite parts of all of this is that you donned uh, a, a, a blazer and and tie and shite that makes you look like my evening news guy when I was a kid. So I'm really excited about that. But also, uh, you let me ask you this: Is this contender colon action news or is it whole new property just called action news? Uh, it'll be action news, but uh, uh, basically because we're using the same team uh, now, Contender Game is Contender Games uh, <laughs> LLC. So we are now the company is called the Contender Contender Games, and we will uh, continue to produce new games. Oh, I love that! That's awesome. All right, so you've sent me a text. <laughs> I just sent you. <laughs> All right, wait, 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 wait. I, uh, can I show share this or no? Show, show it, yeah. All show right. the let me let me pull this up uh, to where I can put it on the screen. You guys need to see this. For those listening at home, I do apologize. You're missing out on something awesome. So uh, here, here we go. Okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's great. Now is that what's behind you? Is that uh, is that green screen stuff? Oh yeah. Oh, it's that's all really screen. good quality. All, all, all green screen stuff. So that is uh, uh, just some of the assets that we made. We did, we did a whole day 
of just shooting pictures and videos and stuff like that that we're just going to use for our uh, for our social media and everything. So things that people can spread around. Uh, uh, <laughs> I freaking but, love yeah. it. It's really good, dude. Uh, you're going to want to make pins and then I'm going to want to wear one. So that's what I'm thinking. Uh, so go ahead and check it out. Uh, of course, the 30th, June 30th, Action News available on Kickstarter uh, very, very soon. Yeah, watch for that. Uh, for me, uh, Nerdtacular. That's all that's I got to do right now. It's uh, There's shows and yeah. stuff. You can find all that. But between now and a week and a half from now, we are uh, all hands on deck. It's going to be great. We're streaming the entire thing live. So for those who don't have tickets and are not coming... You can catch it all at frogpants.tv from Friday morning on. Uh, there will obviously be a bunch of social media before then on uh, Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else where we're showing off what's going on. But that's the day to tune in. You'll see me, Justin, Tom, Brian Brushwood, Brian Ibbett, uh, Terpster, Patrick, everybody. We're all here and we're all having fun. So check that out in a week and a half from now. That's the 29th, 30th, and 1st. Is how that's going to work. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Frogpants.com for all that. Yep. Frogpants.com. Scott Johnson on Twitter. You can find Justin at Justin R. Young on Twitter. It's going to do it for us, for me, for Justin, for all of you. We'll see you next time. Bye. Adios. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>